lessons from Malachi. But before, before we get into the word, I really feel compelled to have Trina Morgan, one of our members, come and share something that the Lord's given her. See, the Lord's always preparing us for where he's taking us, right? And I believe that's true as a church. He's preparing us, and that means that we have to also cooperate with that preparation. I'd like Trina to come, and uh, the Lord gave her this word, and she said, Pastor, this is what I think the Lord wants you to share. And I said, no, if he gave it to you, he wants, he wants you to share, Trina. <laughs> I am not one to be in front of people, so I was very sure that it was supposed to be you that said this. But, um, so, how many of you believe that God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And that He will provide and sustain. He is so wonderful and so powerful. And I tend to weep when the Spirit of the Lord touches me. So, if I cry, you just cry with me. But God, I feel God wants to share with you guys today in Matthew 25 when it talks about the ten virgins. There were ten virgins, but only five that were prepared. They brought extra oil. They had their lamps ready. And I just really feel in the spirit today that we need to be ready, church. Mm -hmm. The revival is mm -hmm. coming, mm -hmm. and we need to be ready. We yeah. need to trim our lamps yeah. have the oil and the oil is the anointing of God so sure. not just for our church but each individual person that's listening that hears my voice get ready get under the anointing of the spirit mm. get in his word pray daily God I don't know what you want me to do but I'm ready and that's what he wants he wants a willing heart we don't have to have amazing mm. words we just have to be willing, and that's, that's right. all that God wants. That's he right. wants to move, and revival is now, yeah. and we need to be ready in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're going to help me? Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Let's not just say amen, but let's process that this week and, uh, and be obedient. Amen. Juanita, I didn't see you there earlier. We are praying for your family. Sorry about your sister's passing. Yeah. Man, it's so good to have all of you here. We got a, almost a full house this morning. That's probably because of the annual meeting, but that's great. Um, you are invited to stay, whether you're a voting member or not. The meeting will be probably about 45 minutes, and it'll start right uh, shortly after our service today. But right now, we're going to look into God's Word. We're going to feed our spirit. Amen? Amen. Turn to Malachi. We uh, have been in a series called Lessons from Malachi. We have uh, learned that our direction will determine our destination. We've learned that we will receive in direct proportion to what we give whether that's money or whether that's your time, whether that's your heart. Uh, last week we learned that we need to be willing to be refined by God. And that takes heat. And none of us like the fiery furnaces. None of us like to suffer. But in that process, all those impurities bubble to the top and God can refine us and make us like, like Christ. 
And today we're going to learn a very simple uh, message that you've all heard, but it's so simple we tend to forget it. And it's simply this, what you say is what you get. What you say is what you get. And I know we've all said things that we wish we wouldn't have said, right? Have you ever opened up your mouth, inserted your foot, and said, why in the world did I ever say that? I was talking to a, a, a friend this week who had just been down south. And he had come back, and we were talking about how cold it was and the snow. And he said, you know, the other day I was talking to a person, and I started to say... Man, I sure enjoyed my time down in Arizona because I didn't have to wear any pants. <laughs> and then he realized what he was going to say. And he said, I, I, I bit my tongue because that's not really what I meant. I meant to wear, say I didn't have to wear any long pants. And we've all been in those situations. We've also been in situations that uh, it's just best not to say anything. You know, Solomon gives us that advice. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 says, Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything. And we all battle that. Someone's talking to us, and we are trying to figure out what we're going to say in response. We're hasty in our heart, and we don't even hear or even attempt to understand what they are saying to us. That's why the Bible says, let your words be few. Solomon also said in Proverbs chapter 10, when words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. You'll get in a lot less trouble if you do a lot less talking. And the Bible teaches that. You can talk your way into trouble. You can talk your way into sickness. You can talk your way into depression. Or you can talk your way into the blessings that God has for you. And it's up to us as individuals how we use our tongue. Not only God's listening, but people are listening. When you talk, people listen. You might not realize it, but they're listening. They hear they listen. They pay attention. It's like, you know, your children. You don't think they're really listening to the adult conversation? Then you find out that you've ruined a surprise because you said something to your spouse and your five-year-old overheard it. And you think, wow, well, are you listening? People listen. And friends, I want you to know when your talk and when my talk is nothing but criticism and hostility and negativity, and gloom, and doom, people hear that, and they respond accordingly. Man, if you want to be in a close relationship with someone, and the majority of the words that you use in that relationship are harsh, could be a spouse, could be a child, could be a boss, if all they hear is harshness, kind of a condescending attitude on your part. If all they hear is sarcasm, guess what? You'll never really feel a closeness coming your way from that person. Because what you say is what you get. 
If you're a leader in the workplace, if you're a leader in your home, whatever it is, if your conversation just consists of whining, what you have to do on your job, complaining about nobody else does as good a job as you, man, there's not going to be very many opportunities come your way to be a, a real leader. I was in a situation uh, recently, and a, a man said, wait, did you know how many miles I drove last week? And the guy who was involved in that conversation said, you know, I actually drove three times that many last week, so let's not talk about miles. You know, it was, it's because when you talk, people listen and they respond accordingly. So most of us are aware of that, right? And we have somewhat of a filter. Sometimes your filter works better than other times. We don't say everything that we think. Uh, at least most of us don't. I know a few people that you always know what they're thinking. But we got to remember beyond the people we're talking to, God is listening. And that's what we're going to learn today in Malachi. He's listening to what you say, not just to him, but to other people. And other people have been created in the image of God. Now, that doesn't mean that they're walking in right relationship with God. That doesn't mean that they are part of God's family. But they do have value because they've been created in the image of God, and God is working on their heart to draw them into that relationship. So it's important for us to realize that. God is listening to what we are saying about his creation. Oh, he's just a loser. He'll always be a loser. What are we saying? We're saying to God, man, you really messed up when you created this guy. I mean, that's really true. And the Bible teaches us our words play such a major role in the outcomes that we experience. In many, many instances, we will either succeed or fail by our words. If you're taking notes, Proverbs 14, verse 3, a fool's talk will bring a rod to his back, but the lips of the wise will protect them. So toward the end of Malachi chapter 3, he deals with Israel in the way that they are talking. Malachi chapter 3. We know, we, we've learned this. Malachi told the people, God wants to bless you. And the Bible tells us, God wants to bless us too. He's a giving God, a loving God, a compassionate God. God wants to pour out his blessings. But remember, the Israelites were resisting the blessings of God. By their actions, by sacrificing, but not giving God their heart, by not giving God the tithe. Uh, we, we've studied that. And here we will see that God's people had actually talked themselves out of God's blessings. Now let's read this. Malachi chapter 3. I want to begin with verse number 13. You've spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. What's he talking about there? Words. People were grumbling. They were complaining. You have spoken arrogantly against me, 
Yet you ask, what have we said against you? Verse 14, you have said it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now, we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly, evildoers prosper, and even when they put God to the test, they can get away with it. It's kind of like listening to talk radio. The people of Israel were going around all the time saying, oh, ain't it awful? Ain't it awful? I was reading an article about how alive and vibrant the church in America is right now. Now, some people would say, oh, no, the church is under persecution. We're barely getting by. It's just terrible. That's really not true. God is building his church. Good things are happening. But you can convince yourself otherwise by your words. Oh, life's so hard. What's the use? I'll never be able to serve Jesus. You are creating an environment either for your success in walking in alignment with God's blessings or in your failure to experience God's blessings because you're out of alignment. You need to speak and confess the word of God. Man, we've heard that so many times on Wednesday night as we journey through Philippians. We need to come into agreement with God's word, and then we need to confess it. So I want you to look at three things this morning. First of all, we just need to acknowledge the power of our words. Now, if anyone has ever said anything negative to you, and you're still carrying some of that pain, you'll be able to easily acknowledge the power of words. But you and I have also said things that we should not have or maybe things that we should have. I know there's been times that people have said to me, you know, Pastor, what you told me when I was going through that 15 years ago, really, God used that to turn a light bulb on and turn the whole situation around. Thank you for sharing that with me. And, of course, I'll scratch my head and say, man, I don't remember anything about that. <laughs> but it was a powerful word at the time. And we're all speaking either life or death to other people and to ourselves. And that's what I'm talking about up to now. Acknowledge the power of your words. Your words carry weight. Not just the words you speak to others, but the words you speak to yourself and the words you speak to God, because God's listening. Again, Solomon says so much about this. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. You live and die, in essence, by your words. Listen to this, Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? Good. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's even telling us that. Let the redeemed of the Lord say the Lord is good. His love endures forever. And we need to give thanks to God. 
We need to realize that his love is everlasting, and we need to verbalize that. No matter what you're going through, you don't need to fear. God is with you. He's promised never to leave you nor forsake you. Psalm 23 says, even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't need to fear because God is with you. He'll protect you. He'll see you through. Acknowledge the power of your words. If you start confessing, I'll never make it through this, you are setting yourself up really for a a bad ending to a situation that could actually have a victorious ending where you look back and say, wow, I can't believe the way that God used that period of time in my life to bring me to where I am today. Say it. The Bible says it. Say the Lord is good. Say his love endures forever. Confess it. Man, in, in this psalm, Psalm Um, 107. King David wrote it. He's telling us to do the exact opposite of what the people in Malachi were doing. If you've read through Malachi this month, you'll see in Malachi 3, uh, the people were criticizing God. They were complaining. They were murmuring. And let's not be too hard on them because we do the same thing. You know, it's kind of our human nature if we're not controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll always default to being selfish and critical and grumbling. But if we keep in step with the Holy Spirit, he will help us. And the people of Israel here were criticizing God, complaining about their lives. And by doing that, they had cut themselves off from God's favor. Man, I don't want us to do that this year of 2022. You know, don't say things like, what's the use? Don't say things like, things never work out that way. Don't say, I'm wasting my time. When we say those things, it's like what we're really saying is, you know, I don't think God's in control here. You know, I don't think God's word can be trusted. Now, you might not be saying those exact words, but that is your heart attitude. If you say, I'll never make it through this, what you're saying, in essence, is God's not capable of helping me get through this dry bed, through this wilderness experience, out of this fiery furnace. So I encourage all of us, when we feel the need to vent... Vent God's word. Don't vent your feelings. Vent God's word. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Bring your words into agreement with what the Bible says. God, this is tough stuff. I'm in a lot of pain. I am confused. I don't want to be here. But I thank you that you're in control of my life. And the Bible says you'll never leave me. God, I do not understand this. I have done everything I thought I was supposed to do. But thank you, God, that your word says, if I trust in you, you will go before me and make the crooked places straight. God, I feel like such a weakling, but your word says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, and I claim it today. God, I know I'm doing what you call me to do. So, Lord, I'm going to trust you 
the God of the harvest to bring forth the fruits of righteousness. When you're feeling frustrated, open your mouth and speak goodness. Speak his promises. Speak faith. Why? Because the tongue has the power to either align you with his blessings or cut you off from his blessings like we see here in Malachi. Okay, second thing. Listen to what your words tell you about you. Have you ever been to a doctor that looks in your eyes and can diagnose something that is wrong in your body? Or maybe you've looked at somebody and just their countenance, you know that they're going through a difficult time. Now, this is a wonderful thing. Is God uh, has given us an ability really to self-diagnose. Where's my heart? Well, according to the scripture, I need to examine my words because my words will tell me where my heart is. Jesus said it, you can look it up, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Which means, if I examine what I'm speaking, it's going to tell me what's in my heart. That's a wonderful tool that God has given us. You know, I want God to examine my heart, and he will, and he'll convict me, and he'll correct me, but he's saying, Jerry, you can examine your own heart by examining your words. What are you speaking? (laughs) See, the harsh things the people of Israel were saying about God here in Malachi were nothing more than the amplification of what was in their heart. They were living in defiance to God's law. They were rebelling against him in every possible way. So their words reflected the condition of their heart. Man, when I catch myself saying things I really don't mean, or I really don't believe, you know what that tells me? It tells me I need to really evaluate what I do believe. It tells me that I need to evaluate what's really in my heart. I mentioned Pastor Don Ross, our network leader, was here. And uh, he made a statement uh, yesterday in a, in a session. He said, confession sets what is in our heart. Man, I immediately caught that. I think it was because I've been studying for this lesson. Confession will set what is in your heart. That's why words are so powerful. They tell you who you are. They show you what needs to be changed. And I know that's deep, and Solomon knew that, because you can look it up in Proverbs chapter 18, And I know I'm quoting more out of Proverbs than I am Malachi today, but Solomon had a lot to say about this. He said, the words of a man's mouth are like deep waters. Hmm. The words we choose, the words we use are not trivial, friends. They're not insignificant. They tell others about you, and they tell you about you. 
If every joke you make on the workplace is off color, if every comment you make is just sarcasm, if your words are just putting down other people, if every conversation you have is critical, if you're prone to yell and to hurl insults at everyone who displeases you, tells you something about you, about inside what you need to allow God to change. And you can't do it on your own, but through the transforming power of Jesus Christ and through the help of the Holy Spirit, our hearts can be made anew. So here's what I want to challenge all of us to do, including myself, this week. Listen to what you say. All day long, when you're with other people, when you're alone, pay attention this week to what you say and then ask the Holy Spirit at the end of the day to use those words to show you those areas of your life that need to be changed. Okay, third thing. Use your words to activate your faith. See, the Bible says every one of us has been given the measure of faith. Faith is a gift of God. You have a degree of faith already. And the more you use that faith, the stronger it becomes. Use your words to activate and grow your faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. But it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. I'd like to study that word, that verse, a little deeper. With my heart, I believe and I'm justified. But the word says it's not until I confess, it's my words that set my salvation. When you profess your faith, you're saved. One of my uh, favorite uh, passages in Mark, and I love the gospel of Mark, but Mark 11 talks about moving mountains. And sometimes we think about, you know, whether it's Mount Rainier or we think of literal mountains, but really it's mountains that might be in our heart that the Holy Spirit will show us when we examine our words. I want to read Mark eleven twenty three. I want to read it today out of the King James Version. Anyone going to say amen? amen? Yeah. Come on, Brother Johnson. Here it is. I, I, this is the way that I heard it growing up preached, and I, just, I love the way it's worded. For verily I say unto you. Doesn't that sound really spiritual? I mean, there's just something about the King James. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. Did you catch that? It's not just about believing in your heart. It says, believe in your heart and say, set what you believe. Those things he saith shall come to pass 
he shall have whatsoever he saith. Your words are like this conduit. Think of a conduit between what you believe and what you receive. What you believe is in your heart. What you receive is dependent upon what you confess. Your words are that conduit between what you believe and what you receive. It's the conduit between our faith and the fulfillment of our faith. You can't experience God's power without speaking it. It's not enough to believe it in your heart. You've got to confess it with your mouth. That's what the scripture says. I've discovered that the more I speak the words of faith, the more faith seems to come my way. And it's funny, when I start grumbling and complaining, for some reason I see a lot more to grumble and complain about. Isn't that funny how that works? The more doubt I have, the more dissatisfaction comes my way. It's like our words have a snowballing effect. You know, the more they roll in one direction, the more speed and the more mass they pick up, right? That's the way our words are. So think of an area in which you're certain of God's will, but it hasn't happened in your life. Maybe that's a victory over a sin that you've been struggling with, because it's always God's will to be victorious over sin. Maybe it's a reconciliation of a relationship. Maybe it's the resolution of a problem. But just think of something that you know absolutely certain is God's will. And then begin that conduit from what you believe in your heart, speaking with your mouth. The words of faith. And take that mountain and cast into the sea. See, I really think that has more to do with what's happening to us internally, these mountains, (laughs) than maybe outside mountains. You can say, man, the word declares I've got victory over this sinful habit. Addictive behavior, be thou removed and cast into the sea. I've got victory over my emotions. I might be feeling this way. I don't have to allow them to control me. Anger, be removed. Forgiveness flow. Dissension, be removed. Your words, again, are the conduit between your faith and the fulfillment of God's promises in your life. So I just want to encourage you to speak the faithfulness of God. I'm not, I'm not way off here in left field. I have always tried to keep the church in the center of the road. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really preaching some name and claim kind of doctrine. I'm preaching the Word of God. Our words are important. It's what the Word says. The outline's on the back, and I encourage you to take that. Think about what has been taught today. Acknowledge the power of your words. Listen to what your words are saying about your heart, and then use your words to activate your faith. I think it's kind of summed up here in the 16th verse where it says, Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened 
and the Lord heard. This is Malachi 3.16. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who had feared the Lord and honored his name. I want you to notice, they just didn't fear the Lord. They talked with each other. The power of words. You get that? When you talk, people listen. When you talk, God listens and responds accordingly. And the disobedient people of Israel, as they were speaking harshly about God, they criticized them, they complained. What did they do? They just built a wall between themselves and God. I'm afraid I've done that sometimes. Maybe you have too. And it comes out of our pain and our frustration and our confusion. And God understands all that. But I don't want to build a wall if I can prevent it. And the word is teaching me here that no matter what, I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And let the redeemed say so. Say what? Say, God is good. God is faithful. God is going to get me through this. And I'm going to be a better person. God's going to work this out for my good. That's what Romans 8.28, 8.29 says. You'll even be more like Jesus at the end of it. When you speak God's goodness, you'll reap God's goodness. Okay, let's review four lessons we've learned from Malachi. Are you ready? When we move in God's direction, it will determine our destination. Because as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Second lesson we learned is if we give faithfully, if we give generously, we will open up the windows of heaven and we'll receive blessings, abundant blessings. Just like this couple that I read their testimony. Far beyond their imaginations. Number three, when you and I yield to the refiner's fire, he will take out everything in us that's not good until he can see that perfect reflection of his own image in our lives. And fourth, today we've learned we speak words of faith and hope and praise and thanksgiving because our tongue holds the power of life and death. So let's be the redeemed of the Lord And let's say so. Let me pray that the Holy Spirit will help us. When the rubber meets the road this week, and that honorary co-worker pushes your button, how will you respond? And when that list of things you left to be accomplished in your home... (laughs) wasn't accomplished how do you respond and when you pray a prayer to the Lord and it's not answered the way that you thought it should be how do we respond I want to ask the Holy Spirit to help us not just today but I believe every one of us will have a chance this week (laughs) to put this lesson into practice and I want to pray the Holy Spirit will help us amen let's stand 
Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the practical direction it gives us for our life. And Lord, it's a lot easier to grumble and complain and tear other people down. But God, that is not what you have called us to do. You have called us to speak the truth. And the truth is your word. So let us, the redeemed of the Lord, say so. You are a good God. You are a loving God. You are a faithful God. You are a God who has saved us. A God who can break the chains of addiction in our life. A God who can bring peace in the midst of a very confusing time. We thank you, God. For the lesson we learned today, we believe in our heart. Now help us, Lord, to set it in stone by confessing it, realizing that there's a conduit between what we believe in our heart and what we say. Help each of us this week when we are on the edge, when we get angry, when we get prideful when we begin to be condescending toward other people, when people don't measure up to our expectations, in those situations, Lord, may your Holy Spirit rise up big within us and make us strong in you. Bring back to our remembrance this lesson and help us, Lord, to always glorify you and speak faith and hope and victory in Jesus' name. Amen.